What is going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's Pardon the Disruption, where I guarantee you, you're in for a treat this week. I'm your host, Matthew Potter. I'm your short sale king, hedge fund connection, and I'm also co-founder of The Family Tree over at Real Broker. If you need help with any of those parts of your business, go ahead and reach out to me real quick. Before we go any further, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsor, Tony Javier with 10X TV. That's tvwithtony.com. If you're looking to make an imprint in your market, go ahead and reach out to them and get yourself on TV. Real quick, for those that are new and just tuning in, I'm going to give you a breakdown of how we do things around here. There are going to be a total of six questions. Out of those six questions, five are pre-planned. The last one comes from our audience, so feel free to go ahead and get into the YouTube chat. Go ahead and give us your message there. You can go ahead and text us at 33777-QUESTION, and we will go ahead and feature it on today's show. Each one of our esteemed panelists will go ahead and get 45 seconds to answer the question, and then we'll chop it up for two minutes after that. We're going to go ahead and dive into introductions today. We're going to start off with our reigning champion coming to us from Texas, RJ Bates Third. Very excited for today's episode. It's by far the best panel we've ever had. Uh, we have no Chris <laughs> Jefferson, no Eric Brewer, and no Pace Morby. It's just super exciting, and uh, I'm just excited to hear all the wisdom that's shared today. Thank you so much, RJ. Glad to see you could check in from your Lake House Airbnb there. We're really happy to have you here. Next up, we have Steve Trang. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Steve Trang, Real Estate Disruptors. Uh, if today's show is anything like the text message conversation we had <laughs> earlier today, uh, it's going to be highly offensive. We'll see if we can maintain this uh, level of effort. I was worried about RJ showing up because um, he got uh, he was mistreated a little bit. Uh, during that text message. So uh, looking forward to today's show. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> today's show Today's show is going to be a great one. Uh, next up, we have Leon. Don't forget the G. Barnes. Go ahead and introduce yourself, boss. What's up, everyone? Leon G. Barnes. And I uh, am wondering, did we have a PTD coronation uh, while I was gone? I mean, Matt just called himself the king. When did that happen? I know we had a coordination in England, but did we have one here on PPD as well? Um, I am, I too have a new title. Uh, get this, Steve and RJ. I am now the VP of membership for uh, the Collective Genius. So vice president of membership for the Collective Genius, also a real estate investor. Excited to be here. One of those esteemed members of our Collective Genius family. I want to give a shout out. I know he's not here today. Had his uh, had a little boy last night, Eric uh, Eric Brewer Jr. Congratulations to Eric and Sonia um, on the birth of their little boy last night. Absolutely, shout, shout out to Brewer uh, on the birth of his son, and obviously Leon has been watching the last couple episodes. Yes, I am the king. Uh, last but certainly not least, we have um, Chris Jefferson. What you got for us, boss? Are we having internet issues again, Bob? All right, we're going to go ahead and come back to CJ after, uh, uh, you know, once he gets that fixed. Hopefully, it'll uh, be taken care of pretty soon. All right, first up, our first question. In your company, what is your biggest distraction? Start us off. RJ is the reigning champion. Holy cow, I get to start off. We always start off with Steve. This, what an honor. Um, my biggest distraction in in our company <laughs> Why is Steve laughing? I'm just I have a I have a delay in the feed, so I'm looking at, at Chris's image. It's fantastic. Right, Same. See. Okay. So uh our our biggest distraction is honestly, we've been talking about this for a while, has been delays and closings and the distraction that causes within our marketing efforts, logging up new deals or selling new deals. So whether that's like we talked a couple of weeks ago about land deals. We ran into three or four fraudulent sellers that strung out like our attention from other things inside of our business with title delays where we're tracking down affidavit of airships, things like that. That's part of the processes that we're trying to tighten up 
where we stay focused on the daily tasks that keep moving the needle forward. I think that has been an issue over the probably couple of years that we've really been trying to solve. And uh, I think it's something that a lot of wholesalers struggle with. Very good insight, RJ. I'm sorry to hear that you're going through that. Um, next up, Steve, what about you? Uh, kind of a continuation of last week's answer. The greatest source of distraction is myself. Uh, I already have some level of shiny object syndrome. Uh, being in the space of, of uh, having a podcast and being super connected and having basically the top operators all across the country in your phone, you have no shortages of ideas. Hey, Steve, I want to run this by you. Hey, Steve, do you want to do this? I was just talking before the show, right, about starting a hedge fund, right? Like we're having some serious conversations about this. So the greatest source of distraction is without a doubt me. And I don't know exactly how to fix that. I would definitely agree with that, like a Thank thousand you. percent. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Leon, what about you? What is your biggest distraction in your company? This is a really good question for this show because there are a lot of real estate investors that are going through this right now to Steve's point, RJ's point. They're that shiny object syndrome that real estate investors, all of us have. Uh, for me, it's chasing objects, chasing um, new advertising methods, uh, chasing new business opportunities. Like Steve, I'm in a community of over 300 uh, of the nation's highest caliber real estate investors. I've got friends like RJ that call me with deals when he's doing 50, 50 deals in 50 states. And so um, I try to stay with our core focus and what we know uh, works. Um, and, and, and if I get distracted and outside of that, that's usually when I get into trouble within the business. Now, I'm not saying don't try new things, but from a distraction standpoint, I know it works for us. It's tried and true. And I try to stay laser focused on that. And I think that's the key for most real estate investors, uh, no matter where you are in your business. So I want to just say real quick, I mean, that's awesome that RJ is calling Leon about deals. So there's only one person RJ is not calling and it's Eric. <laughs> so far, he is the only one I haven't called. Um, Go ahead. I will RJ. say, you know, on on the note with both of y'all. Hey, answers, hey, guys, real real quick, are we not going to let CJ go? Sorry, <laughs> sorry, CJ. <laughs> well, what's your biggest distraction in business, boss? All right, we're going to go ahead and come back to CJ. He's clearly working on some internet issues there. All right, guys, go ahead and chop it up. RJ, where were you? Yeah, he's got to get that RAM, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, my thing is, is like to, to Leon and Steve's point where, you know, you're connected and you have that shiny object syndrome. I feel like there's at least a solution there where it's like, okay, we're just going to stay laser focused on what we're doing right now. My issue is when, well, like to my answer is when you're laser focused on what you're doing and then there's distractions within that that come into your business <laughs> that's where it's like okay when do you cut the cord when do you say hey we're cutting this deal because it's distracted five people in the organization for five hours today that's where i look back and i go holy cow five months through the year we've had 10 deals like that that have just mm -hmm. sucked up so much of the organization's time. That's where I, I struggle with understanding when are you supposed to just walk away from a deal that distracts you? RJ, I think that the answer lies in time, right? You know, lessons have to be learned on deals um, that may be different than what your core focus is. And I think it's hard to know when to hit the eject button until you've done you know, you, you have a core team that is really good at doing specific types of deals. And if you see that you get more of those type of distraction deals, then maybe you understand and know that I might need to bring on a team that just deals with these hairy issue type of contracts, right? That's, I think time dictates that. And your return on investment, you don't know those things until you go through the trials and tribulations. we got a question coming up, um, you know, with, teams losing and those there's, there's trials and tribulations that have to come with these things. And eventually you figure it out because 
you're successful for a reason. You figure out this is an opportunity because we have so many of these. Yeah, and I think going back to your question, RJ, I think it comes down to like, what do we see as a potential return and how much more work is going to be involved, right? Because one of the things that's really hard is when we start counting the money or we were to consider how much time we put into it. Though Those things cannot be part of the consideration, right? But if you look at like what is going to be the potential payoff and then what's the amount of investment, uh, time, effort, energy, and all that moving forward, I think that's how you have to make that decision. You know, uh, one thing that I've been talking a lot about is, you know, rigging the game. I got this cheat sheet right here, right? Is that knowing today, would I do this again? And if the answer is no, then <laughs> uh, then the answer is, is to let it go. And it's hard because now you got nothing to show for all that effort. But the reality is that effort is already spent and you can't get it back anyway. We've talked about this on former uh, on previous shows, right? Where someone is, let's say their core focus is wholesaling. And then we've talked about when is their time that they should start doing creative financing or when should they start novating, right? We've talked about this core focus and being distracted with those other things. And we've said, you have to have your foundation built with system processes and people on the core focus. So then someone can go and do those other things and that be their core focus those things only come in time and the opportunities you start to see more come your way. Then, you know, to RJ's point, then, you know, to make that transition that maybe that is now part of your core focus. Yeah. And so uh, my issue is a little bit different. Sorry, Matt. Uh, my issue is a little bit different. You oh, go no, back no like, problem. You know, you're welcome. So, you know, you look at the book profit first, right? And you talk about like the guy that's like a painter or a handyman, right? And he talks about like, okay, well, I can just do this roofing job real quick. Oh, and I could just do this cutting down the tree thing real quick, right? Those are just, those are the hardest struggles for me personally. So I know it's a little bit different, but like for everyone that's listening, you know, these are the things that are going to happen as you start getting more success and creating more relationships. Yeah, yeah as, as someone who's firsthand experience of watching Steve go through shiny object syndrome, I can definitely attest to that. <laughs> uh, that being said, um, that round, I'm loving that Leon G. Barnes is informing us yet again. Um, we're going to go ahead and give the point to Leon. Hey, crowd goes wild. Um, CJ, great insight as always. Love you. Um, the 100,000 right. people in RJ's image. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Next up, um, I'm I'm excited for this question and for you guys' uh, input on this. What has been your most costly misstep in your real estate career thus far? And has it been monetary or was it like a personnel issue? Start us off, Leon. So this is a good question to follow up, you know, core focus and distractions, because uh, this was actually part of my core focus. And I am absolutely kicking myself because... Being from Kansas originally, we have an old saying a lot of farmers have is that you have to make hay when the sun is shining. And I am really kicking myself as, as an owner of a real estate investing business that I did not double down between 2019 and 2022 on doing more deals. Appreciation continued to go up. Inventory was uh, continued to be low. And I cost our business millions because I wasn't aggressive enough. So it is financial, but it's also growth. It's the scale of the business could have been a little bit bigger. The, the doors that we own could have been more. Um, and sometimes I think we look back and we have hindsight and we realize, you know, it, it, at, at the time it didn't seem like uh, a mistake. But to me, looking back, cost myself some, some money by not being more aggressive in that uh, a very aggressive marketplace. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Next up, RJ, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with personnel and I'm, I'm just going to put the onus on myself. Um, this was 2018, 2019. Um, I made poor decisions and I was not a good enough leader during those times because I thought because I was good at certain aspects of the business. So things that I did inside of the business, cause I was good at that. That meant that we could be aggressive to Leon's point inside of the marketplace to try to go make those millions. But I wasn't a good leader. I wasn't setting the business up for success. And that's what cost us the opportunity. We literally, I can go back and look at at one point in time, we, 
owned over $30 million worth of real estate that looking back at it, the vast majority of that we sold at either a break even or a loss. And that's how poor I was during that time. So personnel wise, it was me. I was the problem. Like that, uh, that deep dive there, RJ. I appreciate it. All right, Steve, what about you? I want to start with a shout out to RJ and him using Taylor Swift's lines, right? Quoting <laughs> T Swift in the, in, in the show. So first, awesome there. Uh, second, I would say the biggest mistake I made is uh, mindset, right? And it had to it resulting in money. I looked at money as a cost. Right? I looked at things as costs. And because I looked at items as cost, I wouldn't pay for it. And so I've shared this story before. Going back when I was first getting into real estate, I would go to the local RIA, ASRIA, and see that hard money was 18%. I was like, what kind of idiot would ever pay 18% interest? The amount of houses I could have bought for $30,000, dollars $50,000 back then that are worth $300,000, $400,000, $500,000 today, countless, right? So I looked at borrowing money as a cost, not as an investment. It would have been cash flow on day one, even at 18%. The second thing, I thought coaches were scams, right? Like, why would anyone ever do this? So I wouldn't invest in a coach, right? I didn't believe that that was an uh, investment. I believe that was a cost. So as a result, I wasted five years trying to figure all this out on my own. So the inability to see uh, uh, investments versus costs has cost me tremendously uh, monetarily. Thank you, Steve. Uh, we, we appreciate that. CJ, what about you? Hmm. <laughs> I would say right behind that is the personnel thinking CJ would have reliable internet. I, I would think so as well. All right, guys, go ahead and chop it up. CJ is not going to participate in this round. You know, we're two questions in, and we've already had uh, all three of us blame ourselves, right? I think there's a, 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 a really good lesson uh, for everyone listening that's trying to grow a team and be a better leader. Um, to the ability to be able to say it's on me first and foremost and not blame anyone. Uh, two questions in, that's, that's pretty, pretty darn cool to, for all of us to say these are my issues, not anyone else's. And I think we've talked about that, Leon, in the past about that's natural for entrepreneurs to do, right? We push the boundaries until we do fail, you know, and then it's kind of like we revert back and we learn from those lessons and then we move forward. And I think that's kind of where I'm at in, in my journey is, you know, we've already reverted back and now we're pushing forward with the lessons that we learn. Um, Steve, I'm curious in your situation, you know, where you, you looked at money and you were intentionally not wanting to spend it. Are you more aggressive nowadays than you were in the past? I look at everything as an investment now. So am I going to go out and borrow a lot of money, 18%? No, I mean, I don't have to, right? But I'm no longer looking at money as a cost. I'm looking at money purely as a tool, right? If yeah. I put this money in, what is the return? How long is it going to take? How much effort is going to be involved? How much attention is going to require from me, right? Those are the kinds of questions I'm asking now. But back then, it's like, I want to pay $1,000 a month for a coach. Like, I'd rather just lose that money learning on my own. It'd be so much easier that way. No, turns out. Turns out that was entirely wrong, <laughs> entirely yeah. inaccurate. I think if you look at every market uh, from a personnel standpoint, but also in, in up market, a down market, there's always opportunity um, to be more aggressive on that particular, whatever that is during that time frame. I look back from 19, 2019 to 22, and, and, and the, the that I did not take full advantage of that should have was man every institution their buy box was massive right and we have a lot of members that made millions and millions of dollars in the in those three years we got 25 year olds that made tons of money during that time frame and looking back the lesson that i'm learning from that of not being aggressive during that time is that any given market there's opportunity and again going back to making hey why the sun shines figure what out what figure out what that is and go take advantage of it I, yeah, I and I would say, uh, go ahead, Steve. I would say, RJ, I think I, I would disagree with you. You're saying like this is a natural thing for entrepreneurs to just make mistakes and then like learn from it. I think it's totally natural for us to make mistakes. 
uh, I think you're here on this panel because you've had a lot of success because you've owned up to a lot of your mistakes, right? There are a lot of people that go out there as they go, well, bad timing. Well, the economy sucks. Well, this recession. Oh, this damn president. Oh, this like there's so many reasons why it wouldn't work. I'm the wrong color. I'm the wrong age. I'm the wrong height. Right. I don't yeah. have hair. I do have hair. I don't Feel have an attacked. RJ beard. Right. Like who knows what it is, but there's so I'm, many too, I, I'm too handsome. I mean, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> looking. Yeah. Right. There's so many people that would attribute to something else. And if it's attributed to something else, they can't get better because you can't fix yeah. those other things. And, so. and to Leon's point about all of us kind of pointing the blame back on ourselves. I also think it's pretty interesting that both Steve and Leon said they weren't aggressive enough. And mine was, I was too aggressive. <laughs> and so there is kind of this happy medium between, you know, our, our mistakes there that I think everyone listening tries to need to find. There's a right speed and you can't nail it on your first try. I mean, unless you're me, of course. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate sure. your vote of confidence as always. All right. That was a great round. Uh, love the insight. Shout out to CJ on that analytical answer. Um, that round, going to go ahead and give it to uh, the legendary RJ Bates down there in the uh, down there in the shack in the basement. Just because you feel bad for him, I mean, you need to give him the vote. Hey, be, be <laughs> easy over there. Look. <laughs> The people have spoken. <laughs> All right, real quick, before we get into our next uh, question, I'm going to go ahead and toss it over to Steve for a word from our first sponsor today. All right, so the sponsor, uh, one of the sponsors for today's show is Next TV or TVWithTony.com. Do you want to get inbound leads calling you and getting celebrity status in your market? Look no further than Tony Javier's 10X TV. Tony has been doing TV commercials to find consistent, motivated sellers for over a decade. It is one of the things that's allowed him to do over a thousand flips. He will use his proven TV commercial to get TV commercial formula to get high quality leads calling you and even set it up for you. Get in front of 10 times more people, 10 times faster, 10 times cheaper with 10 times more credibility than any other marketing channel. Surprisingly, TV has little to no competition and you can get a steady flow of motivated seller leads. If you want to see why over 100 real estate investors use Tony to run their TV commercials, Go to tvwithtony.com to see if there's a spot available in your market. Again, go to tvwithtony.com. And I can say, being in the Phoenix market, the biggest players in our market, they just own the TV ways. We've got Mr. Doug Hopkins, who I'm completely envious of. We've got 72 Sold, who they've been able to sell whatever they've got going on to KW for gobs of money. Man, I wish I could uh, do a little more TV over here absolutely steve absolutely all right next up in honor of your mother what is one value or lesson from her that has shaped you into who you are now start us off rj well uh i i have to say the one thing that i've taken away from my mom is to be yourself no matter what the situation is um she um has always been full-on personality, life of the party, uh, makes everyone laugh, joke, regardless of the situation, and unapologetic about it. And, you know, I, I see people sometimes respond to how I talk to sellers and, and, you know, how I handle podcasts and different things like that. The reality of it is the people that like me, very few, none of, nobody on this show, so I don't want to hear any feedback. <laughs> <on this show. laughs> People that do like me, you know, they, they appreciate the fact that, hey, you know who RJ is, and I got that from my mom. Um, she's she's always been that way, and I, I love her for it. RJ, I think you're thoroughly confused. We have nothing but love for you on this show. Um, you you should know. Show. During the show. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It, you know, prior, prior to the show, it's questionable at best. Um, all right. Ne next up, Steve, what about you? So I remember when I was a, a kid, we used to go to my aunt's house every weekend um, in Chandler uh, when we were still living in Phoenix. And I love singing, right? I, I love singing along in the car. I know Leon's got the shocked look, right? And I remember I was like four or five years old and I'm singing in the car and I apologize. My mom was like, mom, I'm sorry you have to listen to this because I know I'm awful. She said to me, 
right? You can do any, anything in life you want so long as you're willing to do the work, right? And I, I, I look back to that moment, I think is where I got my irrational confidence. Like the things I've been able to do, it's not because I'm smarter, better, faster, or anything else. It's just because I have this insane amount of confidence. You know, I, I try to, I aspire to have Kanye level confidence, right? And so I attribute that a lot to my mother, right? And by the way, I can't sing worth crap. I took lessons. She was wrong, but she instilled <laughs> all the confidence in me to, much like RJ, be whoever I wanted to be and have faith and don't be, uh, don't be shy about who you are. I'm going to have to talk to your mom after this show about you trying to be a singer. Um, <laughs> next up, Leon, what about you? Great questions today. I love this one. Uh, my mom's pretty special to me. You know, my mother raised, uh, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, she raised four boys by herself, single mother, entrepreneur, clean houses for a living. Um, and I think the, the biggest thing, the easiest thing for me to take away from watching her example of leaving the house before I woke up in the morning and getting home usually by the time that I was ready for bed or already in bed, I mean, it's, it's easy, it's hard work, but I don't, I think it's too simplistic for me just to say I learned hard work from her because anybody, any fool can work hard. Um, ultimately, the amount of pride and customer service that she provided to be the best to continue to gain, you know, new customers and that her, uh, her current customers were always referring her I'm at where I'm at today because of you know, that example that she set. Um, and I, I, I look back at now being a father um, of two boys, two, with a mom and a dad raising them. And I just, I, I'm amazed. Things were a little different in the 70s and the 80s, I guess. But I'm amazed how she was able to do that. But I just don't want to gloss over that, that, that customer service and taking pride at no matter what you're doing even cleaning people's houses that you can take pride in and work hard uh and continue to do you know you do that and you'll be successful in any line of work that you choose such a great lesson i wish i wish someone could teach that to rj that was, <laughs> listen, pride? That, was, uh, that was heartwarming there leon but more importantly i want to go back <laughs> to <Steve> Steve, okay <laughs> so there's a band called the Binge Sevenfold. They're a metal band, and they came out with a single like a month and a half ago, and everyone freaked out because the singer didn't sound right. His his voice had changed, and after the single being out for two weeks, the band announced, it's not actually us. Google reached out to us and said, can our AI platform create an Avenged Sevenfold single? So what I want to know is, can AI do a 50 cent song in the tune of Steve Train? Like, can we take enough from the Pardon the Disruption podcast and make him into 50 cent? I feel this needs to happen immediately. Steve? Uh, I would say if you talk to Paul Walken, uh, he is the guy over at uh, Town Square, one of the co-founders. I've had conversations with him and... Um, if anyone was able to do it, Paul would be the guy. Yeah. He has, he has figured out how to upload your calls and have AI more or less sound like how you would sound on the phone. So if there's a guy, it'd be Paul now. If you want to do the deep fake with the video, that's a whole different thing. But the audio, I think Paul's your guy. Steve, here's the thing. It's not spending money, okay? It's an investment. You need to do <laughs> you show me where the ROI is. You show me where the returns are, and we'll have that conversation. Steve, you're gonna go viral off that. You already know that, right? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's There's investment. your investment. <laughs> CJ, thoughts? No. Okay. <laughs> Typical. So somebody's gonna get Comcast on the phone for us. Um all right. Absolutely love that round. Uh, love everybody's answers. I mean, I'm not going to lie. This one this one is difficult. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give it to Steve. And the main reason why is I have appreciated and uh, honestly benefited from his 
uh, belief that he can do anything and, you know, bringing me along for the ride. And also I'm looking forward to, you know, the 50 cent, um, you know, Wu Trang, uh, AI song coming out soon. We're going to go ahead and hop on that one. Don't forget, don't forget the Kanye confidence. You know, he's got Con- that too. We got to make yeah, I, sure that's in there as well. I, I think that's the first time Kanye has been dropped on the show, it, at least in that manner. Um, you'll so never, you'll th- never have to worry about the Kanye level of confidence. If we can get that track done <laughs> by, I'm, I'm going to be a CG select on May 22nd, 20, 22nd speaking, right? That's correct. Yeah. So if we can have that track done. Yeah. I would like that to be my intro song. Leon. Yep. 100%. Just don't, I, I, I'll make that happen for sure on our side. <laughs> I just, just, Steve, just be careful because you know what comes after Kanye confidence, right? Kanye crazy. Kanye crazy. <laughs> You've got that right. I mean, he seems to, he seems to be sleeping okay. <laughs> he's, he's doing, he's doing all right. All right. Ne- next up. For the basketball fans here, we have with the Milwaukee Bucks firing of Mike Budenholzer, when is the right time to replace an underperforming manager? Go ahead and start us off, Steve. Hey, I want to say I'm shocked that he got let go. I mean, it didn't seem like there was a lot of grace. I don't know. He did have a super team. Uh, But I would say uh, if they fail to consistently achieve desired outcomes, um and don't own it right like if they're giving it their all they're applying their effort and they are doing their best and they're coachable as long as they've got those things i'm good riding them right because we're going to get better it's when they have this um you know we see this uh, i am him austin reeves thing going on right once you feel like you've arrived and you don't need to get better and like, hey, these are the results. The results speak for themselves. At that point, you're gone, right? The, at the moment, you're no longer taking ownership. You're not coachable. You're not trying to get better. For me, you're out. So as long as you're coachable and trying to get better, owning it, I, I'm not replacing that person. Okay. All right. All right. All right, Liam. What about you? What are your thoughts on this uh, untimely firing? This is where it goes back to us as leaders, right? If we have set proper expectations and we have given proper training uh, with, uh, you know, the policies, the procedures, the standards that we expect over a set amount of time. And that set amount of time, I think, varies depending upon level, uh, executive level, like a CEO or a sales manager. I think each one varies the set of time. But if expectations are not met and you do not see improvement with, again, those proper expectations set and proper training given, and to Steve's point, someone willing to take that training, if over time we don't meet those numbers, doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It just means they can't work here, right? That's, that's it. It doesn't mean that um, they're, they, they can't work for someone else and achieve results, but for our expectations, they just weren't met. And I'm not surprised, Steve, that Budenhoser was let go because the owner wanted to fire him before they won the championship. And he just happened to win a championship that year. And it gave him an extra year or two with the organization. So that comes back again to us. If we feel like someone has done the things that they need to do, right, we'll give them proper time. But if we see it start to go downhill, then we've got to make changes. Very good insight as always, Leon. You are always prepared for the show. We love when you bring the varsity energy to the table. We do appreciate it. All right, RJ, what about you? What's your uh, what's your thoughts on this and analysis on it? I think uh, when we're talking about a manager or a coach in this uh, perspective, it's when the the team stops responding, and and I think that's what happened here. You know, you you look at the talent that was on the Bucks roster. Um, clearly championship level talent because they did win a championship to, to get bounced in the first round by a subpar talented team like the heat. Um, I, I think the time was, 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 it, it was time for it to happen because the team wasn't responding to him because it wasn't even close to be honest with you. It was a landslide in most of the games. And I think as the owner or, or the general manager of the organization, you have to look and say, the team members, the talent 
is not responding to the manager's voice, the coach's voice anymore. Um, we need to bring somebody in here that's going to maximize our talent and let them play at the level that they should be playing. Um, I think that's why it was time to go. And I think it's the same thing inside of business. If the manager's not getting the results from the talent and the, the tools that are available to them, then they need to go. And I think if you look at this, right? Like, it was wait, wait, years. Steve, Steve, hey, you got to hey. wait for CJ. Well, we're CJ. all wait for CJ. <laughs> <laughs> so if you look at um, it's two years, right? For, for the Bucks. For us, that's eight quarters. Because yeah. for us as business owners, we don't look at it a year-by-year basis. We look at it quarter-by-quarter basis. At least I think that's how most uh, organizations run quarter-by-quarter. So, like, yeah, it was eight quarters of failing. It would be a different situation, but it was two seasons. I don't know. I, I don't pay as much attention to, like, the actual Bucks plays and this and that. Uh, I don't think I even watch You don't need to. Game. You don't need to. It's not an X and O's things necessarily. Yeah. I mean, what it is, it goes back to RJ's point. You know, and this is relatable to business for sure. You, they, he, he lost the locker room, right? That's what you hear. They lost the locker room because the message falls on deaf ears. And look, they won a championship and maybe, maybe coach stopped doing the things that he did before they got the championship at the same, with the same intensity. Look, there are three of the last four champions. The coaches are gone, right? The only one that's left that's is Steve Kerr, Right. So especially at the at the professional basketball level, man, you every four or five years, there's not it's not like it used to be where a guy could stay for a, a long period of time. And I think that applies to business. When I was in corporate America for eleven years, usually managers either leveled up or leveled out after a three four year time frame because they want fresh voices, uh, new energy to motivate salespeople or, or, or people with on, on the team. So I do think they're relatable and losing the locker room is, is something that's, it's, that's very, um, very common. Yeah. And I'm catching up to speed here. So I appreciate Leon always being the most informed. So you were saying the owner wanted to fire uh, the coach prior, that's rumor. right? Then this kind of sounds like the Jerry's right in Chicago where like they wanted to like rebuild the team. And like, at what point are you harming the team because of the way you're treating uh, members of the team, right? Like, if all the players know that the coach is going to get fired, why would you ever listen to that coach, right? I think that kind of yeah. that might start at a higher level. And that's the hard part. It's a reverse of the Jerry's because Jerry, the general manager in Chicago, wanted to make the changes. The owner was okay with it, but really didn't care. In this particular case, the general manager wanted to keep Mike. And this, again, relates to business, right? You have an owner and maybe a COO, and they're not on the same page. Uh, it can affect um, how the team responds. And you're right. If, you know, dead man walking, um, yeah. there's, that's not going to help either. Uh, you know, so if they don't win that championship, the rumor was, and this is pretty good sources, that he was going to get let go. And so um, there wasn't that rumor this year, though. I mean, no one said they were the one seed. No one said they were. Yeah. He was. I think. He was I think RJ probably understands this better than anybody else because he gets to see Jerry Jones undercut everybody in the organization every single year. Yeah, goes and back Mark to Cuban. leadership, right? And and here's the thing. I mean, on on that level, you're the number one seed coming in, and you lose four to one. I mean, I think that's where it's like, yo, what happened? Like, we made it to the moment of truth. And it wasn't even competitive in some games. I mean, losing by 20-plus points, you're, you're looking at this coach who's supposed to be the, the difference maker for you, calling timeouts when you're down 12, and the next timeout's called, you're down 22. I mean, if you're the general manager, you're sitting there going, yo, clearly we but got Giannis got hurt. Well, he was hurt, but he was still in the game. And that, you know, a 70% Giannis still should have been able to get them to the Eastern Conference Finals and not lose to a play-in team. My I'm point, about going back to, I mean, that eye roll is pretty hard. Going back, to what I, <laughs> going back to what I originally said, though, expectations were not met, right? And so a move was made. This is, again, going back to, you know, business. You can, it's relatable. If expectations are not set over a period or made over a period of time, you have to make a move. This is why I love the NBA right here. One player gets hurt on a number one seed, and it's like it's acceptable for them to lose four to one. 
their star player got hurt. Oh my god, he was still in the games. Get out of here. <laughs> wow. There's there's a there's a little bit of animosity there uh when discussing the NBA RJ. I, I can Let's feel talk it. Talk about a real sport next. Uh, I don't know why right. hockey guy has to hate basketball guy and basketball guy. I has love to hate basketball. Guy. It's NBA. <laughs> I like both sports. No I, one hates I hockey. Hate. No one hates hockey. <laughs> we just don't talk about it because it's, it's insignificant. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh man, this is this is amazing. I, look, I need to point something out to everybody. Without even participating, Jefferson is getting twenty five percent of the votes in the chat. I, I need you guys to be aware of that. <laughs> Says something about us. <laughs> I guess, like, man, he. I mean, he's smoking Stephen Leon, and I'm, I'm just absolutely, I'm, I'm shocked here. Um, hey, that that means <laughs> shout, shout out to CJ and his underperforming internet. Um, all right, that go round. I love everybody's insight on this. I love when you guys chop it up on uh, on you know basketball. RJ getting a little salty over here. That's all right. We're bringing figure skating next. Oh. Um, Leon, you're going to go ahead and get the point that round. The people are thrilled that Leon G. Barnes is here. All right. Next up, um, actually, real quick, before we get to our fifth question of the day, Going to toss it over to Steve for uh, a important announcement from one of our other sponsors. Yeah, so if you guys have been seeing what we've been uh, uh, talking about on social media, we are launching something big. It's going to be coming up on May seventeenth. Uh, we're going to be announcing it formally on Real Estate Disruptors Live, two o'clock Pacific, five o'clock Eastern. You're not going to want to miss it. If you want to stay in front of it and know exactly what we're going to be doing, go to sales That's disruptors with an O. I know some people like to spell disruptors in other ways, disruptors with an O. And uh, if you want lifetime access to what we have to offer, we're offering 50% off our sales masterclass. You get lifetime access to what we are offering come May 17th. Awesome. Thanks so much, Steve. We appreciate it. We're going to go ahead and get into question number five. All right. We have... With the Boston Bruins having the best regular season in NHL history and then getting bounced, so if your business didn't meet its expectations but achieved something massive that year, would you consider your year a failure? Start us off, Leon. Man, we use this word, and this is I'll blame social media for this, but we use the word failure way too often. Um, if I look at, if you go back and look at my part of disruption promo from a few weeks ago, we talked about the word failure, mistakes, uh, and the differences between the two. You can also go back and look at Giannis's answer after they lost um, as the one seed. Um, but I've got a better example here for you. It's not a failure, especially if you accomplish something significant like a regular season. Um, that, that that's that's an accomplishment. So. It's, a, it's disappointing that you did not win, but there's only one team that can win. All of our businesses can win. Um, I've seen that happen, right? So if I give a specific example relative to sports, in 2018, the Virginia Cavaliers college basketball team was a number one seed and the first number one seed to ever lose to a number 16, 16 seed. Do you think that was super disappointing to them? Absolutely it was. I don't consider that a failure. I consider that an opportunity to get better and grow as an organization and grow as a human being. Guess what they did that next year in 2019? They came back into the tournament and they won the, the, the college, the university's very first national championship. It was an opportunity to get better, not a failure. Love that insight, Leon. That's uh, that's spot on. Um, really, really enjoyed that. CJ, thoughts? Affordable housing. <laughs> great answer. Great answer, CJ. All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna go ahead and skip over CJ. He still has some internet issues going on there. All right, RJ. What are your thoughts on uh, on, on the Bruins season? 
So I, I think this is funny because it's looking at the entire picture and saying it can be considered a failure. Um, but as business owners, as teams, as organizations, we always say we're going to take it one game at a time, one step at a time, one contract at a time, whatever. And in this case, they did something that's never been done in so many decades of the NHL that no matter what, moving forward, they'll always be considered one of the best teams ever. And did did they fail in the playoff round against the Florida Panthers? Yes. But regular season-wise, no. And I, to Leon's point, I think sometimes we look at that last end result and we choose on whether or not it was a success or failure based off of that, where along the way there were so many great moments, there were so many victories along the way. I think it was disappointing for sure. And moving forward, it'll be interesting to see because the difference between Boston and Virginia is Boston was an aged team. Their team's not going to look the same. They're going to lose a lot of their veterans. So this was disappointing because I don't think they'll be able to replicate it in the future. But I think ultimately they, they know that they did something special that might not ever be replicated in the NHL. Deep insight from RJ over there. We, we appreciate it. Um, definitely, definitely an age team. Um, good, good, good point on that. Steve, what about you? What are your thoughts? Season was a failure. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> like you started with one thing, right? Like you, you eat well, you sleep well, you don't put bad things in your body. You're dedicating everything for one thing which is to pick up the whatever cup it is. Stanley Cup? <laughs> right? To hoist the cup, right? Like, that's what you're doing. The whole season, everything is for this one moment. Now, you look back next year, two years, five years, when you got your grandkids on your lap, yes, you can look back and like, man, we had an incredible moment. We had an incredible run. We had an incredible season. Things were great. And you can look back at it with fond memories because – you know, time does heal wounds, but we all sacrifice, not us, the athletes sacrifice for a whole season for one objective, and they fail to meet the objective. Now, going back to our business, is the exact opposite, right? Like, we want to celebrate as many wins as possible as an organization, right? Because in our organizations, we've got to do a few different things. A, be fully aware that we don't have it all figured out. B, there are going to be challenges that pop up that didn't come up in our quarterly or annual planning. And for morale reasons, right, we have to celebrate the wins. So there are all sorts of reasons to celebrate the wins as a business, but as a sports organization, I think everything rides and, and, and falls with the, uh, with whether you win the, the championship or not, particularly with such high expectations. I, I, I think, we, I think I we have to be careful. I mean, we have to be careful with that. Um, failure is, is, is that wasn't a word that growing up as a kid that was used around me, meaning that any coach I ever played for, any, uh, any mentor from a business standpoint or university, um, you know, we will have losses, no doubt. We will have mistakes. We will have challenges. But, man, that word is so loosely thrown around that – I, I don't think that you can um, look at every loss or every season as failure. There's so many opportunities to grow from uh, the challenges that we have. And the question specifically said that you had a significant achievement. If we're relating this back to business, there's zero failure, zero failure with that. You didn't accomplish your goals, but you, you still accomplished a lot. I, and yeah. when you base everything off of winning a championship, like I'm a New England Patriots fan, that season that eight, you know, we went undefeated in the regular season as we. a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan. We, okay. I, as a fan, <laughs> that was the greatest season ever. Every game was so important. And, yeah, it was heartbreaking when the Patriots lost in the Super Bowl, but I still remember those games. But the years where we won Super Bowls, 14-2 and two in the regular season, 13-3, and three, things like that, those are great. But that undefeated regular season is still such a memorable moment. 
And as a Boston Bruins team member, I think, like you said, 20 years from now, they'll look back and say, we were legitimately one of the best teams in the regular season of all time. I, I think that's rings? something that you can't ever take away from them. How many rings did they get from that 18-1 season? None. So I want to go back to Leon's point, though, because what Leon said a moment ago is when we say failure, it has a severely negative connotation to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the problem here, right? But at the end of the year, is this what we set ourselves out for? No. And were there lessons learned along the way? Absolutely. But I would say it's a failure, but I wouldn't say that, you know, like you're horrible humans, like you don't deserve whatever. Like I think the failure part has a much stronger negative connotation. And that's where I think we're, we're saying like, it's not as bad as how we associate with the word failure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do agree with that. Um, but I will say that, you know, it, you know, high, high achievers use words like that because I can guarantee you that Tom Brady, that 18 and one season for him was a failure. Right. So I, I, I just think that we use it so loosely when it comes to people not winning championships. Like Charles Barkley is one of my favorite players of all time, had a very successful career and even better career in television, probably one of the most influential um, broadcasters in sports, if not the most influential. That guy's had a very successful career. Just because he doesn't have a ring does not mean that he's a failure. As a Suns fan, I agree. I mean, he did fail to win a championship, though. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so that he's was one great... in life. Oh no, Chuck's he's definitely one, one in life. life. Yeah, he's he's doing all right. No, nobody, you know, Chuck Chuck's not struggling. Um. All right. So I'm looking at this one. Um. Ironically enough, like I don't know. I'm I went to the chat and CJ won that round. That's weird. Um. No. All, all things considered on this round, um, I absolutely hate to do this to RJ because I know he's a huge hockey fan, but Leon's going to win that round just from the aspect of, um, you know, failures. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Because he talked about basketball. That's why he wins. Because he was more informed. Hey, <laughs> yes, because hey, Matt, he was... <laughs> Matt, can you do me a favor? On that little board you got over there, you got a bell. Can you ring it for me? Uh, let me see what let me you see what I got going on. You got a bell? No, no, that one that not one's not, not a quite a bell. RJ, not you had a bell. regular season, right? You just weren't ready for this round. <laughs> Steve should win just for that. Yeah, there we go. All right. So I could save last school. Wow. Uh, absolutely outstanding. All right. Are you guys ready for this for question number six? This is what it's all gonna ride on right here. Um, if the U.S. defaults on its loan debt, what do you think that's going to do? How's it going to affect real estate and business? Go ahead and start us off, Leon. This is something that we continue to talk about. What if this happens? If that happens, interest rates are here. Interest rates are there. Look, guys, as I said before, there will be opportunities in a great market, in a bad market, recession and non-recession and Appraising, uh, high appraisals, all of those type of things, you have to continue to figure things out and what's working best for you. Will it affect us? Absolutely, at some level. What it is, I'm, I don't have a crystal ball to tell you what that is. But for us, when I'm when we're speaking to real estate investors, um, every market you can make money in. So I, I I don't worry about those things. Is my answer. Very good. Very good. Don't worry about it. Stay in your lane. CJ, thoughts? Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to go ahead and skip over CJ. We're going to go ahead and go to RJ Bates. What are your thoughts on this? You know, I, I agree with Leon from the perspective of uh, we can't really worry about what happens if that. Um, we're more about reacting as it's happening. And I think there's always going to be opportunities for us, but, um, realistically, I think we need to be prepared for, I don't want to call it doomsday, but, um, very negative times coming forward, um, because we have been in such, uh, a, 
a big rise of appreciation and everything that's been looking positive as real estate investors. I think at some level, we do need to be prepared for something that's going to happen that's going to significantly slow down or impact our ability to have deals or to have buyers. But to Leon's point, there's still a pivot. People are always going to need houses to live, to rent, to something. And if it's even if we've become the people that provide seller financing or something along those lines, there'll be a solution, but be prepared for those moments. And if this is the reason why, then it is what it is. Very good. Very good. Have that conversation this morning, be in a industry where the need is never going to go away. Housing, healthcare, things of that nature. Steve, what about you? So I'm feeling pretty good about myself because neither of them answered the question. Uh, so I feel like I'm going to get this by default. Um, so we've never had this happen before. We've never had it, right? Like this is what they keep saying. We've never had a debt default uh, uh, with, uh, with our national uh, debt. With that being said, I don't see how much worse it can get, right? Like the feds are going crazy. We've had the bank failures. Where, what are we going to lose our currency to, right? Russia? They can't even like defeat a small country. China, who's built on a bubble, right? Like, what are the other options? So, if we're talking about like the, the what's going to happen to the U.S. dollar, could it lose its value a little bit? But we're going to go to the euro. Like, they don't have their stuff figured out. So, I it's going to be it's going to be an impact, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as what the media says it's going to be, right? Not because we're hurting our credit but because our credit already sucks. So we're going from like a 680 to a 660. I don't think it's going to hurt. I don't think it's going to affect uh, business or real estate that much. I, I think to mine and well, I'll speak for Leon since he doesn't want Thank to talk. You. But um, I think our point <laughs> was regardless. I think what is this two on one? <laughs> regardless is real estate investors. If this is what impacts us or, or impacts real estate investing, there's still the need and there's still the opportunity for us to survive. I think that's kind of one of the many things that drew us to this industry. <clears throat> so I listen on this kind of stuff. I kind of laugh about it because it's just this revolving door of what's going to be the thing that causes mistakes. So like, all right. Yeah. Can we just go ahead and let it happen? Like, yeah. let's see what happens. What's next? Off. You know, so uh, the reason I said that these are the type of things that we've discussed before, something's coming. We, we have prepared, if you've listened, if you've been um, a viewer of this show, we've prepared you for doomsday. Like, continue to understand what's going on. Be informed. Understand uh, each week what's going on in the marketplace and adjust to it. We're not saying put your, your, your head in the sand, but to Steve's point earlier of saying this has never happened, you know how many times I've heard this in my lifetime? At least three in my lifetime, and I, I've yet to hit 50. So it's something that is, uh, it's been talked about before. They will figure it out more than likely. And to RJ's point, I do think there is, we have not hit bottom yet. There is tougher times that will come um, in the next you know, 12 to 24 months, more than likely. As an industry, we will figure it out because if you deal in affordable housing, like my, my core focus, I'm gonna have a product to either rent or sell. I've, I've noticed there's a common trait with PTD. Every episode, we have to talk about some NBA drama. We have to talk about the economy going to the NHL, so it's not our fault. And then, and then, if you don't know the answer to the question, you just relate it back to basketball and you win. Great answer, great insight. So why don't you do that? <laughs> yes, if you know the formula, smart guy, figure it out. I mean, you did, it, you, you did it. You you did it last week, deal. RJ, and you won, bro. So, like, what what do you want? <laughs> All you have to do is say Kevin Garnett, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Get those involved in your answer. You win. Easy as that. Yeah. yeah let's talk about how this, how, how the debt default is going to affect the NBA playoffs. <laughs> like seriously, guys, how many times? And just seriously, how many times do you remember this in your lifetime where this has been talked about? Where you know we're going to default as a country at, at least three times, four at times, at least three times, but. Haven't had someone as um, 
special Old. as our as, as our current president, um, right? So I, I think that that's RJ's guy, huh? That's RJ's guy. I know RJ voted for him. I was shocked when he sent me a picture of his ballot. Um, wow! And so, shout out to RJ. <laughs> but there have been other incidents where, like, you know, this has never happened before. This has to do with like you know financing. So this has never happened before. If this happens, all these bad things would happen. And they did, right? We're talking about like, you know, uh, Matt, you remember when they took away down payment assistance for FHA? Ah, uh, yes. Right? Like that affected things, right? Like, no, that won't happen. It's never happened before. And they did it. And it affected real estate, right? And then they talked about, well, we've never ever taken away the the interest write off for homes. It's going to affect real estate. That ah, didn't really affect real estate. But like, there have been so many things where like, if this happens, this will happen. I think this is one of those things where like, if this happens, something catastrophic will occur. I think we got such bad credit, it doesn't even matter. So here's the formula for the audience. Focus on net, not gross. Focus on net, not gross. And focus on liquid cash. You focus on those two things, everything else, no matter what the market is doing, it will work itself out. You're welcome. Absolutely. Got Mike Michalowicz over here. Leon giving us the keys to success there, but I am going to have to award that point to RJ because he finally figured out how to win the on formula. the show. He, the he, finally, he finally figured out the formula. Back basketball. Exactly, and that's why he got the point. I mean, what more do you want from me? Um, I can't believe – I don't think this has ever happened. CJ actually got shut out on the show today, so shout out to CJ with the shutout. It happened when I was the host. <laughs> <gasps> that's right it did that, that it is did. correct <laughs> oh man all right that being said thank you everyone for tuning in today and um you know participating in the chat shout out to cj with you know 24 percent of the vote all the time in there and absolutely crushing Stephen leon um Leon, congratulations on winning. Uh, we are extremely uh, happy to have the most informed panelist uh, join us today. Um, Thanks, Matt. Check is in the mail. Absolutely. I, I appreciate it as always. Um, anybody needs Venmo <laughs> or Cash App, my info, I'll go ahead and shoot it over to you. Um, I'm old, man. Real- checks. It's checks. <laughs> Rip. Real, real quick, uh, before everybody uh, gives their outro, just want to go ahead and give a shout out one more time to our sponsor, uh, Tony Javier with 10X TV. That is TV with Tony.com. Go ahead and check them out for all of your TV advertisement needs. Leon, as our champion, go ahead and say bye to the people. Leon G. Barnes, your champion from this week and new VP of membership for the collective genius uh, excited uh, because we are one week away from our CG select event where Mr. Steve Trang will be taking the main stage uh, on the first day of that event. So we're one, one week from Monday uh, here in Sarasota. And then we're four, uh, four and a half weeks away from our premier event uh, in Clearwater beach. So we've got a lot of, uh, Good stuff coming up here. And so if you're an investor that does between, we now have a new product, Steve, we haven't even told you about. And if you do between 10 and 1,000 deals a year, we've got a community for you now. Now three communities within Collective Genius. You can learn more at learnmoreaboutcg.com. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Leon. As always, we look forward to Steve marching out to his new AI-generated theme song. Uh, CJ, you want to say bye to the people? Yeah, CJ Jefferson, come from Richmond, Virginia, the U. Um, <laughs> go ahead, check me out, startflippingdeals.com. You know the vibes. This is how we do it. All right, y'all. Thanks, CJ. We really <laughs> shout out to my bank account. Shout out to Comcast. <laughs> All right. Thanks, CJ. Uh, next up, RJ Bates. Go ahead and say bye to the people. Yeah, I got a couple of housekeeping things that I need to take care of here. A um, couple months ago. Uh, I just absolutely slaughtered the Lakers. I said they were absolute trash, and I take back everything I said. Um, they look like they're, they're on their way to, to winning something this year, so apologies to Anthony Davis and the Lakers. Um, also, um, I want to say congratulations to Mr. Eric Brewer. Um, even though we give him a hard time here, um, it's awesome to see healthy young boy born last night, so congratulations to them. And uh, last, certainly not least, um, if you've watched this, 
Come hop on. We're doing 50 deals, 50 days, 50 states. We're doing a lot of shit on my uh, live. Over there. <laughs> we're, we're in day 12. Right in the middle of it, all right? Uh, but with, so far through 12 days, or we're on the 12th day, we've sent out 41 contracts and locked up 22 deals. So come over, say hi, and uh, check it out. Love it, RJ. Ab- absolutely uh, great and love that you already went ahead and set the tone for next week trying to get on the board with the basketball right out of the gate like dude you didn't even stutter i, I love it that that's right man <laughs> <laughs> all right steve last but certainly not least go ahead and send us off uh great show as always i look forward to cg select uh in a week and a half we're gonna be speaking on the main stage we're gonna be talking about <laughs> basketball after rolling out with the 50 Cent Steve Trang Wu Trang compilation, uh, we do have something fun coming out, something big. Check it out. Go to salesdisruptors.com so you don't miss out. If you want lifetime access to what we're rolling out, go there now. You get uh, half off our uh, sales masterclass. And looking forward to seeing you guys all next week. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you everyone for spending some time with us on Thursday. If you're re watching this, I hope that you are having as much fun as we had. Uh, conversing on it and um, sitting there busting CJ's chops because that's what this show's all about. All right, everybody. We'll see you guys next week.